0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Chris Apple. Hello. And Zach Katie. Hey, hey, hey. Alright, so we're going to have just a super relaxed episode. We're not going to get too deep into anything. Uh, we have no real news, except unless you went to Barnes and & Noble and picked up all your ships early, which, short... You got no points, but well, you know, we still played around with a little bit of things, so we'll take a look into that. Um, but other than that, we're just going to talk about what we've been flying, go into what we think of, you know, the game. I know back a little bit ago we were talking about being in the off season, and I've really kind of taken the opportunity to just like put ships that I don't normally put on the table. And so what I've been putting on the table is the decimator because that is supposed to be coming to hyperspace very shortly and with that i've been flying mostly just rack um so yeah i've been pairing them up with other things but i think one of the real things that i've kind of had fun pairing them up with is the defenders two ship list it's kind of funny um but it's Got some legs, I would say. I mean, like, especially in a hyperspace format. Um, obviously, the Defender is not in hyperspace, but the Decimator is supposed to be coming. And, and I think this is one of those ships that it's good, and I think people should really take a look at it um, as soon as they can. But especially if you're, it's going to, like, change things up. You got a new crew carrier for the Imperials. Um, one of the big things I like about the decimator is you're not rolling any green dice so it's just kind of like you have you take whatever's coming in but it's got 16 health you're having a ton of fun doing it and it's got a lot of tricks up its sleeve so
1: andrew just a couple quick stats for the listeners um just uses uh, since 2.0 came out the patrol leader has been used five times according to list fortress and then uh oiken 21 times i think rack is about double that maybe close to 50 Right and Rack is placed, you know, reasonably well in two major system opens, um, with Whisper next door. Um, So that kind of two ship Rack Ace build is probably the best possible decimator thing that's been found so far, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and because you can really load Rack up, he kind of like if. He's going to take damage and he does hemorrhage points. But, yeah, I definitely think that's the way to go. Like, you can you can load him up, but you can also give him, like, a lot of tricks. Like, I, I could absolutely see how Whisper fits in there. I've been flying Rack with uh, Tua and Vader crew on there. Um, not much else, but it's kind of interesting because... He he doesn't really shine until he gets that reinforce I mean that reinforce from Tua and the other action economy is really strong. And then if you can like use Vader to strip tokens from your opponent, like that gives it's really an extra defense that he needs to keep him alive. Like there's been so many games that I've had Rack basically go down to like one or two hull and he's just still kicking. Um, right. because with that reinforced token and like I said, stripping the tokens, um, he, and he gets that passive mod from, you know, the, the reinforce, if you're in that arc. So
1: it, he's dishing crits out, right? And I, like, just for the listeners to, if they aren't familiar with rack, he, if he has a reinforced token, he can change one eyeball to a crit. Is that how it goes?
0: Yeah. He can change as reinforced token and they have to be in the same side that you're reinforcing. Got it. Yeah. So, so
1: that's that. What you were describing is the version I played against a couple times. Um, with, either with Vader Crew and Moff Gerard or Vader Crew and Tua. Right, and, and uh, I mean they, do, okay. they each do different things.
0: Right, I've Moff is the one that does the boost in the system phase, correct?
1: Yeah, and what's really so what was interesting about playing against that was obviously Rack can't boost, but with Moff, you you could do the system phase boost which is actually pretty significant. Um, and it, it sets you up with the Vader arc, and then you can kind of do different things. It allows you to, to take veteran turret gunners still as well. Right. Um, which is, and it's just kind of like, maybe Moff Gerard is not quite a meme, <laughs> because that system phase boost, is, particularly with Whisper, because Whisper then boosts and then decloaks, and Rack can also take a bomb, so you can sort of movement drop a bomb, uh, I haven't wrapped my mind around, like what a bunch of strikers with bombs would look like next to this. Um, but it, it sounds like you've kind of stuck to Tua with Vader, right? So do you just like have you struggled with the lack of mobility at
0: all? So uh, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. So uh, the I haven't put the title on him with Dauntless. After you partially execute a maneuver, you can perform a white action treating it as red. Um, I don't know with Tua. I feel like that's not really necessary. Uh, the one of the things that I do want to talk about that is like sometimes, all right, so this bumps, and like you're probably thinking, like, okay, well, Oiken, um is probably the better way to go for that if you're bumping because you can perform attacks at range zero. But at the same time, like, I think with bumping him, it almost adds like this other layer of um, like defense because you're not getting shot at. And if you are keeping with the evader, you have like some either maybe like a some way of dishing damage if they don't have a green token or something like that. So I've been really trying to play my games around that, that like sometimes bumping isn't always the worst thing because you can still get that red with Tua. you can still do that mechanic with Vader. Um, So that's kind of how I've been looking at it is that if I can bump, it's not always a loss.
1: So, so definitely. and, And because of the large base and it's got a pretty good dial actually uh in the scheme of things because it's it's still really fast even without the boost right and some of that bumping insurance is really helpful because you still get your action economy because you're loading this thing up with force users
0: right exactly and um one of the things i've kind of messed around with was agile gunner that like so if you start tooling and you're doing that red reinforced in the engagement phase you are really limited to the two straight, the one straight, and the one banks because you want to have that engaged, that uh, reinforced hook in almost every single round. And like having complete um, knowledge of where everything is really is the way to go. So, like I said, the bumping I think is not really that big of a, a problem with that. And with Agile Gunner, I mean, you might be telegraphing where you're going to be, what are you going to be doing. But at the same time, it's kinda of like if you're looking at the board state and your stress, you're probably your opponent probably knows you're either doing the banks or the straight. So I've been messing around with that too, because with that agile gunner, unless you have some kind of hyper uh, double modif- or double reposition thing, you really can have shots and that Vader arc off every turn.
1: So uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, John. Oh. Uh,
2: in that Gunner slot, have you thought about putting Fifth Brother in instead of Agile Gunner?
0: I have, and I I, I thought about it, and it was kind of like do I want basically, I mean, it's basically just Rax ability with a Force Charge, right?
1: Well, yeah, and he, it, so traditionally that's been going on Whisper out of necessity, because Whisper's the absolute best kind of pilot to go next to it. Um, the ones that I've seen, John, are or hotshot gunner and and veteran turret gunner, but the idea of having two force charge rack is not terrible, right? Mm-hmm. You can at least you can afford to spend the Vader charge.
0: Yeah. Oh man. I, I didn't. And it think also it was, it opens up force one <laughs> Yeah, it
1: opens up E two, but all these force charges also really open up the rotate action, right? Like that's that can't be undersold. Cause... Right,
0: and and like that's the other thing is because you are performing that red. Um, reinforce action the agile gunner isn't an action it's just a rotate so you can still do that even after you're stressed interesting so um, I, I mean i'm not completely sold on it but it is something that like i have found useful in games especially when you can kind of fly rack through the rocks um, and if your turret's facing side to side and you need to put that front to back Um, it's definitely useful I I, for the most part like with large base turrets I always try to keep it side to side but this is really outside of like maybe like the uh, resistance falcon like this is the one ship that I find rotating that turret is very it's done very often as opposed to something like the rebel falcon that basically wants to just strafe around the uh, field shooting things
1: well so, so digging into that a little bit though um a big part of that's just because of the reinforced mechanic right because if you've rotated your turret then if if you're pointing it at the side it increases the chance of them flanking right right um which is a problem i you know agile gunner is an interesting one i'm glad you brought it up because it's it's very likely to go down in cost and it's it's already really pretty useful um as just a kind of end to turn mechanic um i wouldn't be surprised because what's it at now eight points yeah could see that going well below eight points
0: yeah and like i said like certain certain ships i, I can absolutely understand why you wouldn't take this but like something like rack where it, it's not it's not hard to tell where he goes so if people want to bump him, they're going to bump him. but i mean i'm still going to try to get my action economy out of it and do as much damage with you know he's basically like a ticking time bomb like it's a yeah. it's a damage race like who's going to do out more damage and what well, by the time you reach 16 hull of them um on yeah, but the... and he
1: also doesn't take damage as fast as people think like, right. that, that reinforces hugely significant
0: if he starts taking
1: bad crits the chain can be completely demoralizing though right yeah. that, that was <laughs> like that was literally going to
0: be my next uh point was that like so he's only got four shields, 12 hull, but I mean, if you get that one crit, like, if you get a hull breach as the first crit on, like, the first hull that goes in, like, that could be, like, detrimental for him. Like, uh, I just think, like, he's very good and like, at what he does, and, like, sure, the reinforced token helps a lot, but it, if you have a crit on the table, like, that's going through, um, and that's kind of the only real like big downside that i see to him like that he plays the damage deck and yeah um like sure some things don't really bother him like a uh, damage engine like sure like that hurts everything but i mean he doesn't really need it um panic pilot hurts a little bit but i mean again he's probably playing the bump to try to negate shots there um but like something like hull breach, like they could just push through as many crits as possible with that, and that could really hurt him um, and knock him out like a lot quicker than anything else.
1: Yeah, maybe it's a little like uh, we used to talk about the Reaper getting a lot more value than a normal ship from a taking a shield upgrade. You know, the, like the Y Wing is in a similar place where you kind of delay that crit phase of the game by a little bit. Um, that's maybe something to look at. And then I, you know, as far as, uh, extending the life of these things, I wonder if gonk comes down in points. I know it's completely <laughs> a meme, but like, like, could you see a scenario where we're taking gonk wouldn't be completely ridiculous?
0: I don't know. The fact that you need to spend two actions to gonk it up. I'm still like, <laughs> that needs to be cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Assuming like, it's cheap, uh, cheap, ch- cheap gonk. I don't, it's just, there's no, re- there's no way to regen. Right. Otherwise.
0: Right, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, he lives and dies by the crits. Like I've had crits go through on him, but at the same time, um, he's lived through them. Like he's lived through panic pilot. He's been able to, like, just go through a lot of these things. But like I said, if you get something like that hull breach on that first turn, it's it's almost game over.
1: So. I, I don't want to read too many kind of builds and stuff to the listeners, but I think it's worth it just to maybe round this conversation out yep. listing one of them. Um so the, the the build that I've played against that I think has some value was the, the Vader, Moff, Moff Gerard, Lone Wolf, uh Vet Turk on her proton bombs, and then title. I think there was room for a whole upgrade and then they just put Stealth Device, uh, Juke, Fifth Brother, Whisper as as that uh kind of wingmate. So it's the times that I played against it. Uh, you, you actually do end up feeling like you're sort of on the clock because that whisper doesn't doesn't really take damage unless they choose to allow you to um, to do damage to it. So it's the kind of thing where, where Rack really just slams in there with Lone Wolf and drops proton bombs on you, um, which is kind of neat. Like it's just it's different to see the Decimator mm-hmm. using bombs.
0: No, yeah, definitely. Um, that, uh, I've thought about bombs. I mean, I've never actually done it. Like I said, I think it's because he kind of wants to just, like, jam himself in there if he can. Um, I'd be worried that he's going to be taking his own bombs. But yeah, that, that might be something interesting where, to see.
1: It's where Moff Gerard comes
0: in. Sure, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that would definitely be interesting to see. Uh, I, I, something I have to put on the table soon. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna play I, more Rakus soon. Like, I mean, there's a lot that I could mess around with it. Um, so I'm not done with this.
1: Cool. And then I you, we know that the the pilot that goes next to it might change a little bit. Right. Um, I mean, but this, this concept's proven.
0: Just breezing through that real quick. Like, I, like I said, I've been putting Riot on the table with literally just Juke, um, and they are worth every single point that they made them. Like juke and advanced sensors or just juke just juke like i thought about advanced sensors um advanced sensors on a on a defender is crazy because especially riot yeah i mean just changing that trajectory of where you might be k or like k turning or if you need to barrel out there like that's probably like not getting a shot is better than just taking that uh, evade action. like So I know someone's probably out there like, well, if you advance sisters you can't evade then. And like, yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, if I'm getting a shot and you're not, or I'm just negating all shots, that's 100% better than just taking that evade. Um, but yeah, with their action bar, their health, like, defenders are crazy worth those points.
2: So in uh, in hyperspace, who would you choose to
1: parathrack? Mm. Depends on what they're cycling in and out. Right, um, a really fat suit tier isn't the worst idea in the world.
0: Yeah, that that would be an option. Um, Vader might be an option there too, um, but then I guess you can't take Vader crew.
1: I've seen. I mean, it's the higher the HP, the better. I think you just need a second ship that can can handle, you know, either being completely out of arc or kind of taking some shots. That's what makes Whisper so interesting in the list because. You know, she just kinda cloaks up and disappears. So like Vader's tough, right? Because Vader and Rack are both sort of they're just bullies. Like they're kind of bruisers. They go take some damage but they dish damage as well. Right. Um I feel like you need a closer. I I don't know if it really kind of it's like a seventy point soon tier might be the best option in hyperspace.
0: That'd be interesting, yeah, definitely. Uh the five point the five health soon tier. Um yeah, that that could that could absolutely work. If we could just get two more
1: crew slots on the Decimator, then we can auto include Palp. Oh yeah, then we yeah, need yeah. two point Palp, and the rest will take care
0: of itself. about the TIE Reaper just bring Vermeal.
1: Yeah, it's just like a really fat Vermeil with Death Troopers. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, getting into meme territory at that point, but I, I, no. I would reemphasize for everybody though that like the, this the, the the rack builds that you're describing
0: here are worth worth testing. Right, definitely yeah. take a look at it. I definitely that was one of the other things I want to take a look at soon is putting Death Troopers on rack. Um... I mean, anything to further kill that action economy in that large base ship, like that range one bubble will, will be huge with Death Troopers. Uh, so that's something I want to take a look at like later down the road. But, like I mean, getting, not having two on there would hurt a lot. But sometimes that obvious thing isn't always, you know, the best way to look at it. So, like, just testing different things out, see how that actually does work, uh, might be beneficial. Next cool. step is just to get a
1: Decimator painted in Liberty Squad colors.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's... On my painting queue. Um, Alright, so that's what I've been flying. Zach, wait, do you want to... Wait, you have a painting queue? Um, yeah, and it's uh, really backlogged right now with not Star Wars stuff.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: intrigued. Uh, I'll have to show you later. Uh, so, Zach, what have you been flying and what do you want to tell us about? Oh, What have I been flying?
3: I've been falling back into the Republic. So, uh took some time to just fly two ships and only two ships for about a month and it was a blast but my job got really stressful and that was way too stressful so I went back to beef and I'm on the ARC train
1: so Republic uh, beef huh
3: <laughs> yep Republic beef nice. just like I fell in with Repub- or rebel beef early on now I'm going to make Republic beef a thing
0: so are you flying primarily just the Republic arcs?
3: Uh, the thing that I've been exploring a lot has been three arcs and a Jedi. Like I also just like the fluff of like a Jedi general leading the clones into combat. So I've been playing around with that quite a bit. Um, I did the standard, what everyone else has been doing, the Obi-Wan and three arcs. How'd you like that? I'm honestly not impressed
1: Were you running regen on Obi or Something else more wholesome
3: No I regen on Obi like I took like The copy pasta list offline Just to see what everyone was doing Nice. And I mean I see the whole You're getting an I-5 Jedi thing But I don't think it does anything for the arcs whatsoever
1: Yeah the arcs are really just Cannon fodder in that list right
3: Yep and I I think that's a waste Of an arc I think there's better things out there for them. Um, the list that I've actually been enjoying the most has been Luminara, Wolf with Clone Commander Cody, and then two of just the generic 104ths. And that's been doing well.
1: Um, I remember when the arc first dropped, I looked at it and it was like, all right, Sinker, Wolf, Jag, the generic, they all look they all look useful. And I kind of assumed that Wolf and Jag would end up kind of being the cornerstone arcs, but it I feel like it's primarily either Wolf or the, the lowest initiative generic that we've been seeing.
3: Yeah, I think one of the issues, or one of the things that I've liked about this list the most, especially over the obi One version, is I think Clone Commander Cody is one of the most appropriately pointed cards on the game right now, in a good way. Like at two points, it's really unbelievably good, and people are sleeping on it. For you said Cody.
1: So, yeah. so mechanically, what's happening there is you're dishing out strain tokens, right?
3: Yeah. So, in the list that I just had, like the Luminara Wolf two arcs list, it works better because you need somebody that's obviously going to be firing after, and Wolf can always fire first. this list since it's four four two two um but yeah so clone commander cody is after you perform an attack that missed if you roll at least one hit or crit result the defender gains one strain token so basically it just forces people into that bad decision of like either they take damage or i miss and they get a strain token and that means luminara punches like a truck or they get forced into the bad decision of do I want to take damage or do I want to give Luminara the possibility of punching like a truck?
1: And then on top of that, with if they're accepting the strain token, right? They're taking, they're kind of taking some of the flexibility of their dial away the next turn.
3: Yep. I mean, the next shot that goes in takes the strain token off, right? Like,
1: oh, okay. In, in order, so you did you ever end combat with the strain still on the target? Probably not.
3: Probably not. No, I don't think I've ever had it done. It's lots of flying like little kill boxes together, and then just having Wolf pick the priority target and then basically marker light it.
1: Yeah, I at Red Caps I played against the guy who was running a whole bunch of stuff with dedicated, um, so like all my ships were constantly getting strained. But I, I decided kind of before the game started just to completely ignore it and play my game. It worked out mm-hmm. fine, <laughs> yeah, so but sure. it was it was a little. I mean, it was still. It actually did it like midway through the game start making me think like, hmm, this is kind of inconvenient. I don't want to have to do a blue maneuver.
0: So I have a question like, how often does Commander Cody actually proc with with the wolf? Though I mean, uh, you're doing a three dice attack primary at the front, and you can spend that charge for the reroll. So I mean, odds are, do you really think that um, do you find Commander Cody proccing often on Wolf? Like, I, I understand the synergy between the two I fours and everything, but I, I'd be a little concerned that, like, I think possibly Wolf's probably guaranteeing some damage anyway. Like, how how does has that worked for you?
3: I mean, that's why I think that it's the most appropriately pointed card in the game right now because at two points, it's really just insurance. It's either Wolf is hitting, which is a good thing. Damage is a good thing, or it's making something else that fires after him even better at hitting. The same
1: time, yeah, and, it, and in a weird way, like I kind of I've seen Cody on the lower initiative stuff, but it sort of makes sense that, or I don't know if this actually makes sense, but your opponent kind of ends up not having to think about whether or not they're going to spend their tokens to take the hit. Um, essentially, right? Like that's what's happening.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the bigger part of it that I like most of all like one thing i talked about a lot in 1.0 whenever anyone talked to me about list building is i always try and make what i call bitter pill lists the idea that no matter which choice you make it's the wrong choice and this is just bitter pill the card like you said chris like people either have to make a decision to spend tokens or take damage and that's even in friendly games a tough decision to make
1: Asking your opponent simple questions is a good way to have them make mistakes sometimes. But I, I, you know, the other thing though is, what's the rest of the list doing? You have Luminara in there. Luminara is just kind of cr- crunching the, the the defense numbers a bit, right?
3: Yeah, Luminara is making this uh, Republic beef, beefier by, and this is kind of also where Wolf comes into play. If you're going in against anything that's I 4 or below and Wolf, you know, possibly stripping tokens off, and then Luminara turning a hit into a focus, i.e. saving another damage going into one of the arcs or herself.
1: Yeah, so just a couple other variants on this stuff. Um, I think a a listener in front of the show, Josh, um, ran an I-5 variant of Republic Beef, uh, at 5-1 at a trial pretty early on. I think it had mm-hmm. oddball in like a pile of swarm tactics or something. <laughs> um, but it actually worked pretty well, you know, because like high HP, high initiative, kind of a good combo. Um, yeah. And then I've been seeing Luminara list crop up with a couple of torrents mixed in. Um, not, I, I think they just remove one of the arcs and pick up some torrents. Yeah. Or, or they remove two arcs and get even more torrents.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I had picked up Luminara. I think my first game with republic my first couple of games she was the one that i kind of honed in on as being what i thought before the wave came out as being a particularly good pilot and i was really underwhelmed with her my first couple games but i was mostly flying triple jedi or two jedi two torrents and i just didn't see her doing as much as i'd hoped she did but with rebel beef the number of shots that the arcs are taking that aren't in bullseye is pretty high to like proc her ability at some point. And then also just keeping crits for getting in on them under their hull with, you know, three shield, six hull is also a massive
1: boost. And And Lumi's Lumi's range for bubble is zero to two. So that, that the great thing about yeah. that is it just it doesn't condition you to keep everything, you know, smack dab in the same spot.
3: Yep. You keep everything in a loose formation and you're pretty much good to go.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's going to be even more relevant once Padmé and the N1 drop, right? Drops, right? Like we talked a little bit about that last episode, but Luminar is something to keep looking yeah. at. Do you do you run any title on it or is it just the the CLT? Uh
3: the 7B title. Oh great.
1: Okay. The correct yeah. title.
3: Yeah, the 7B Wolf Clone Commander Cody and the 2104 it comes to 198.
0: Nice. How obnoxious is it going to be when you Luminara a hit into a focus and then you have like three focuses and you're just like, Oh no, I have Padme.
3: It's gonna be great uh, is what it's gonna be.
0: I'm not excited for that.
3: <laughs> I'm super stoked about that.
1: I have an N1 sitting on my desk and it, it looks as prequely and memey and dumb but fun as it did in the movies and I, I can't wait to use it. <laughs> it's like it's just it's such a weird looking ship. I can't believe it's in
3: the game now.
0: Yeah, it's... Don't uh... jam
3: the pointy end on your nose. <laughs>
0: oh. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to ask a little bit about Sinker, though. Has anyone put him on the table? Like, any thoughts on him? Like, I, I know when this first popped up, we started seeing Sinker, Wolf, and a bunch of torrents kind of make spurts, but then, like, I feel like it's dropped off a little bit. Um, Do you guys have any input on him? Or her? Oh, it's him.
1: I'll defer to Zach. I've only played against it, and it, it's been it's definitely been effective um playing against it the the re-rolls are not hard to uh you know make make available it's really easy to set up i guess is the point because those the the side of, of that is not a difficult thing to line up
3: yeah i've played against it more than i've played it but in both cases i hate this phrase but it's republic bigs like it just it dies so fast
1: it's the thing your so opponent just stares analysis. at immediately, like, before the, any ships are down, right? They're thinking, like, I should probably kill that.
3: Yeah. Yep. Let me kill Sinker in your offensive. I mean, I think part of the problem, too, is a lot of people, when they were first building this with Sinker, is he's such an integral part to your damage that when he dies in, you know, round one, round two of combat, your damage output drops immensely. And then where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, I've been seeing some like Anakin 2-Arc torrent lists make the rounds. Um, So it's like, I think when we first saw Sankara, we were like, ah, it's like Republic Howlrunner. And maybe eventually it becomes that, but so far it's been more of just kind of minor support for the jousting element of your list.
3: Yeah, I think at 54 points, I I don't really see him getting any cheaper, to be honest, but at 54 points, for how quick he dies, it just doesn't seem worth it.
1: These things are well costed. They still feel yeah. they still feel really. Yeah, I I can't I hesitate to use the word cheap because they feel like lower mid initiative things that are maybe the correct cost. Um, they're not as like insane as a forty one point B wing, but they still feel like totally reasonable and simple to put in a list.
3: Yeah, they're like right where they need to be, and I like the fact that they're basically just crappy fire sprays. That's really yeah. all they are.
1: Well, and they had the K-turn too, which is nice. Um, I find that, like, you know, there's a lot of times when you're just going to do a hard two-turn, right, and then set up the rear arc, but I see opponents actually, you know, taking the time to set up a a recycle with them, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, I did have one particularly brilliant moment in a match a couple weeks ago where I used the K-turn on one of the two generics and the other generic doing a one-straight and landed... Can't even remember what ship it was now. But a ship like right in between the pincer of those two. Nice. Both at range one. It felt so good. It felt so unbelievably good. So And then the next round, the one that was facing forward, K turned back to get them both facing backwards. And yeah. then flying to chase. It was And
1: it's it's a sick. medium base, so it kind of hogs territory. Um I if you haven't tried it, it's worth looking at vet veteran turret gunner on them. That it's, you know, it, it when it happens and when it's when it actually you don't like kind of plan for it to occur as much as it just sort of takes place against certain matchups. Um, but you definitely get a lot of extra value out of these things with Vet Gunner,
3: yeah. I mean, like that, that right there is kind of exactly why I like Cody on them. You're never really hoping for Cody to go off, but against certain things, like I went up against somebody running suntier on it and. Suntir not taking damage and then being down to two agility Suntir was a very sad Suntir when Luminara hit him. So I think like things like that for two points, Cody pulls its weight.
1: Yeah, and it also like it gets around the problem because it has the the front and back arc. Even though it can't do much besides the red barrel roll, it does give you some coverage against really mobile aces, which is nice. Uh, It's like a little bit of insurance, right? Because usually, if, if it was just a forward arc, you'd be pretty nervous um yep. but against a lot of matchups it's like i've got three of these things they're definitely going to be an arc somehow
3: yeah you've got enough board coverage pretty much everywhere that you're at least getting a shot somewhere
1: yeah and you don't have to do a ton of damage but just chip away a little bit while the jedi lines up the hammer Yep. um cool uh, yeah i the arc is here to stay it's like the the workhorse of that faction
3: yeah, yeah, I didn't get to it this week, but high on my list is to actually go back to uh, rebel orcs and play around with them more.
1: Nora's not bad. Um, if you want to do a variant on my Hera wedge list, just throw Nora in there instead of Luke. And it it is it's pretty intense.
3: Yeah, I was playing around with a Garvin Shara 2 B-Wings as the new rebel beef list. and I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued.
1: <laughs> All I know is after the point adjustment, some some rebel beef list will rise rise again from the ashes. <laughs> of, of inevitably, one. it's the theme. You can't hold back theme.
0: It's here to stay. Yeah, man. I I, I ugh, going just like briefly, but like yeah, Nora and the Rebel Arc is crazy good. Um, definitely underplayed, I think. It's very. It's
1: super tanky, and you get a. Uh, you get the advanced deflectors or whatever. Uh, that That is worth considering.
0: All right. So, Chris, you picked up the Resistance Shuttle, and you've been uh, playing around with it with points that you'd guess that it would be. Do you want to go a little bit into details of this?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I grabbed uh, the N1, the Shuttle, and uh, the Hyena yesterday. Um, the First thing I wanted to actually just kind of start to understand was the resistance transport dial um and how it interacts with leia so i took last week we talked about um the resistance po Temin lulo list that won 5-1 at a trial um and i, I kind of wanted to get a little more table time with that so basically started to assume that covenel which is i4 um the listeners are probably not aware entirely what that does, but essentially, if you reveal a red maneuver, you can roll an additional defense or attack die. Um, so I kind of just took Covenel with, with Leia and assumed it would fit with Poe and Temin. Um, not too many upgrades there. I like, I think I wasn't even including a talent on Poe just to kind of be conservative and was assuming that that Covenel would be somewhere between like, call it like 50 to. 60 points, but I just assumed the lower end of that so I could put it on the table. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those points are all entirely questionable, but it was enough to kind of get the mechanics.
0: Sorry. Um, yeah, so, like, looking at the dial, like, if that interaction between Leia and Kova is really interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so, if people aren't aware of how Resistance Leia works, it, it's really powerful. Um, I expect Leia to be pretty, pretty expensive. You get a Force Charge, and you get a Purple Coordinate. Uh, but the real reason you're taking Leia is for the ability to turn, basically, or reduce the difficulty of, of a maneuver that you revealed. Um, and the real powerful thing is it only costs one Force Charge. So unlike Rebel Leia, which kind of has a three-turn charge up time, you're using this version of Leia every single turn. So if you pair that with a ship that has, call it, a one-bank reverse maneuver or a one-red stop, um, you start ending up with a pretty weird flight pattern. So I, I included some screenshots here of the game that Dan and I actually played earlier. He was testing out the Hyena. Um, the matchup doesn't matter, but it was just we wanted to learn the dials. And I, my the, the Kova essentially went on this ridiculous flight path, right, where I started in the middle of the board, White stopped, kind of walked up to a nearby rock and just flew right to it, right like just kind of half a ship base away from it, directly in front of it. And then I proceeded to sort of reverse my way back to where I started while Dan brought his kind of joustier list in to that that area. Um, So I'm not used to running a ship that you know I've stalled ships in the middle of the board before, but I've never run a ship that can just just infinitely walk backwards um so and and you have to understand that this thing is throwing three dice because when you reveal at least as i'm interpreting the rules at the moment i'm basically assuming that the words on this allow you to reveal a red reverse make it white but still get the extra die
0: um a quick note on that Uh, so i went through the rules reference and I, i could see an argument that and I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but because I'm gonna make people look for it. Um, but there is one thing in the rules reference that might negate it, but I still feel like it does do that mechanic that you do the you check the reference the dial, even though you are making it white. Um, sure.
1: So, but even even if it doesn't work with Kova, right? Let's assume for now that it does. But if it doesn't, you still can do the infinite. Reverse moves, right? Right. Um, And and what happens is you kind of don't have to infinitely reverse. Like you can, you kind of do a three red bank, make that white, get to a spot that you want to set up the kill box, and then you can kind of slowly bank away. And then when it's necessary, you just white stop again, and then you go fast to kind of just go at a different angle. And with Kova, you have three red banks, which which means basically you can kind of imagine like a ship going to a spot like reaching out to a spot to shoot and then just going back to where it was and then reaching out the other direction. <laughs> that's kind of what I was doing with it. And it's, it's really it's really pretty powerful. Um, and that's not to mention that you also have the purple coordinate on there. Uh, the ship has the jam action and it has eight HP. It's uh, five hole on three three shields. So you pair that with the extra green dice and the ability to kind of choose to be at range three. Somewhat, because you're just you know you're you're putting this thing into reverse. Um, The the range three engages with this thing going backwards are pretty intense because it's not going to you know a a three dice eight HP ship is not going to take damage very fast.
0: No, definitely. Um, I think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I know, you know, from our chats that like, we, I've been very skeptical in this thing and it, it does, it's, it is really cool. And like the fact that you can reverse in a white, uh, going backwards and still get action economy is, is huge because it really like, I mean, like my first concern was like, okay, well, if you're just going to sit behind a rock and shoot things, then something's just going to zoom past you and flank you. Um, uh, but what... you're not sitting
1: there, right? Right. You're... You're you're choosing to just stay there if it makes sense, or otherwise you're you know throwing it into reverse again. Right. But it, and you know me, I'm like I'm not at the point yet where I I think this is super busted. I'm just trying to figure out the mechanics. Um, and like mechanically, it immediately stands out as like flying the Resistance shuttle is an exercise in moving a ship backwards. Like I like we I haven't seen the community talk very much about it they probably should start talking about it because it is, it is like the defining feature of this ship. I'm really thankful that they don't have a, uh, a white jam action because that would be pretty weird if like you could set up for a joust and then just keep walking backwards, applying a jam token. <laughs> um, would it, wouldn't be great for your opponent?
0: Yeah. And so like with the, your opponent, like you, people can like learn the, to go like the, um, What you're gonna do like going when you're jousting an opponent and you know that you know that they have to either kinda like K turn or turn out, but now you have to like really kinda configure what are you going to do like if it is doing that one bank backwards? Like
1: Yeah, and you gotta remember that if like what I tried to do with this and what I think you should try to do is approach on an angle to them. Because that way when you do the one bank reverse you're more kind of setting up that parallel shot, right? You're kind of going 90 degrees to where they were before. So it just makes it, like, it just makes it much more awkward for them to go to a place that doesn't, you know, keep them in arc. But this is ultimately a support shuttle. So Kova's dishing damage, no question. I think the rest of them, you look at it and, you know, you you start thinking about the, uh, the stuff that it's doing to support the other ships. So we can get into that next. But, like, it's not... It's good, right? And it's nice to be able to line up the four dice shots with Kova, um, but it's not like a high. Uh, it's not like a high damage output ship, you know. It's doing a cool movement trick, but it's also not like, uh, you know, shooting a torp at you.
0: No, absolutely. I'm just, yep.
2: No, I'm just looking through the uh, expansion pack. It comes with the auto blaster, plasma torpedoes. Do we know? I guess we don't know if it has a torp slot, but either it or the the pod must have it and it also comes with astromex
1: hold up this thing this thing has a torp slot
2: it comes with plasma torpedoes
0: could that just be one of those things where they're like the wave each ship does like something not in that not in that uh, wave comes with torps you you get what I'm saying because they
1: said that they like maybe um, I I don't know I I can't imagine it has a torpedo I could see it maybe having a cannon um
2: yeah it comes with the auto blaster and the cannon and it comes with two astromechs okay
1: well so so that that, that does get kind of interesting because if you roll up to a formation or a big base ship but I, I, I you know the the thing that i looked at immediately was trickshot kova because the the fastest way to get to those extra dice i I think is just to park behind a rock and kind of hit, th- hit the reverse button but you could you could maybe throw i uh, auto blaster on here i don't know I'm trying to think of when i would want to invest points there but i okay you know we'll have to see what do you
2: think i mean if it has an astromech slot what do you think about putting a bb astromech there and then moving uh, backwards
1: i i mean so we'll this transitions time. into like like i hope this thing has as few upgrades as possible like i hope it has maybe four max because uh, you know it's definitely gonna have enough crew slots to take leia um you know what I'm saying like I, I imagine this will just have a talent to crew uh you know the cannon a mod maybe at most um, I'm, just, I'm talking about the transport too I don't know what the pod will be
0: yeah no I, I gotcha it would be interesting to see if this thing does have a plasma or a torpedo slot
1: yeah Uh so I, the other the other thing to get into with this is just the interaction between Leia and other ships. So the reverse and the stops are cool. Um, the ability to kind of have attack officer baked into Leia is, is a huge deal because the purple coordinate doesn't stress you and the red stress on, on uh, Kova or the, sh- the, 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 all the other transports would prevent you from, you know, it would require you get to, to, to have forward moment, momentum the next turn. Um, so it does actually open up the coordinate action for the ships. So one thing that I noticed with this was the uh, the coordinate was definitely on my mind at all times. Um, it's it's not you know it, it, it's able to keep range to a ship that you're trying to keep out of combat. So if you have like Poe trailing the transport because of the reverse maneuvers, it's like this weird thing of sometimes you're worried about your support ship outpacing the things you're trying to support, but with the reverse you're able to kind of stay in range of that. Um, and then, you know, just do the purple purple coordinate. And then the big thing with Leia is that it turns your entire dial, anything white becomes blue, which is super helpful for all the BB astromechs. Um, so just the regular BB and BB-8 get a huge amount of extra value out of each of those charges when you can do it on like a two, two hard turn or more importantly, a four straight. So, like, the, the, the best party trick with Supernatural Kylo has always been the Supernatural Five Straight Maneuver. Um, the ability to use Leia plus BB-8 on Poe to open up the kind of escape routes is absolutely massive. Like, uh, Spared spare Parts gives you the extra charge, so you can do that three times per game if you're really thinking about it. Um, and it's just, it changes so much about how those 270s move around that I, there's no doubt in my mind that that's going to be meta meta applicable once this thing releases.
0: Yeah. You're saying about the, uh, like Leia being late using Leia on T seventies.
1: Well, specifically Leia interacting with, uh, BB Astromech For sure. Yeah. Like, it, because it's such a, it's such a, uh, significant, like imagine if you could take R R two or R four Astromech plus a BB unit, um, how, how much more valuable that pre-movement roll or boost becomes.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I was literally just thinking this, though. I mean, like, with you, we're talking a lot about, like, Leia and Kova, and I know the topic is mostly the shuttle, but, I mean, like, just that option of having Leia, because there is no range restriction on Leia, Basically, yep. turning anything into a white or blue maneuver.
3: So, I mean, Which like, something, crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> something
0: like Poe doing a talent roll and then getting two action economies. Um, you know, well, it could be crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, and so, like, that, that's the, I think that's the reason I wanted to bring this up was just like, Rebel Beef has conditioned all of us just to think in terms of you use Leia so you can K turn. Like, this version of Leia is so much more than that because the Resistance faction is more about fewer ships and better ships in general. Um, so, you know, to get full value out of this, I think you're going to have to be turning, you know, we're developing a super Po. That's kind of, that's the direction that I see this stuff going. Um, but that's also just where I've started, right? So, like, if you start to, to mix in YT-1300s twenty four or YT 1300s, um, and the shuttle and a T-70, you know, maybe that has to be light on upgrades. But if it has Leia, it still has some, some really good options.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I, the 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 other thing I wanted to make sure I covered was just a little bit about the the BB Mac T 70s and how they how they approach the game. Um, the amount of charges that you have to manage on Poe is ridiculous. Like between thinking about Black One, the BB Astromech charges and the spare parts, um, it's it, I'm not used to a ship that like has this level of resource management involved and it makes me really kind of miss it makes me feel like that ffg missed an opportunity to just put more charges on more things um it makes all of the mechanics that are really strong feel restrictive but that makes them interesting um i think i enjoy bb8 poe more than i ever enjoyed supernatural kylo uh, which is saying a lot, right? Like, obviously, supernatural is so much better than BB-8 on Kylo, but it's it's um, you know it's or sorry BB-8 on 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 Poe, but just that 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 whole like scarcity thing makes every turn feel more impactful.
0: No, yeah, I, I oh, I, I mean it's, I like the BB-8 on Poe in second edition because like just thinking back at like old Poe when like, you could basically do it every single turn. Um, it was crazy, but no, it, it really makes you think now with bringing the new BB-8 on Poe, and like you can only use it, what, two, three times?
1: So you can use it three times, and and to be honest with you, the ability to use it three times is like approaching, pushing my acceptance of it as cool <laughs> right. because like at two, it's definitely like a thing you manage and it's still very good and probably frustrating for your opponent, but it's super restricted in the sense that you can't just do it the whole game with three. It starts to approach that line of like, well, would I have used it? more than three times per game probably if you let me <laughs>
0: right um, but, no, but, but still
1: it's just it's good
0: yeah it's, it's absolutely good like it's there for when you need it like it makes you yeah. think a little bit like that you're not just gonna pop it to maybe like get a little bit more wiggle room Yeah, it's there when you need like need it direly and like it's for that exact reason
1: yeah and i the one thing i have to reiterate for the listeners if if you don't put prime thrusters on bb8 poe you you shouldn't have taken bB8 um yeah like that it, it prime thrusters is what makes that combination work but it's also the kind of thing where maybe Leia sort of changes that a bit where you don't have to spend the 10 points on primed and and you start to look at at BB8 just because your dial's more open mm-hmm. um but even then like I would caution against it it's it's you, you really prime thrusters is is fundamental to poe with bB8 I uh, but the BB Astromach on Ello or Ten or or, Temin or some of these other, you know, even generic uh, T-70s, that's worth looking at in and of itself. Uh, I, I've been running that with Composure and just sort of failing rolls and get, then getting focused locks with these generic ships.
0: Yeah, I, I'm excited for, like, uh, I was literally saying this the other day, like, I might finally pick up high resistance conversion kit. And with these Naboo Starfighters coming in, I really want to get back into that. Like, It just seems yeah. like it's completing a lot of the faction that was missing.
1: Yeah, so for me, my interest level in Resistance will depend entirely on whether or not I can take two T-70s and something I find entertaining, you know? Um, like, I want to take T-70s. They're, they're the reason to play the faction, in my opinion, um, because they're like... They're just like this perfect kind of stat line for a, a ship that, like, with the, with the boost instead of the barrel roll, it, it becomes so much more comfortable to use. I guess would be the term. Because mm-hmm. you, you, I just find myself, you know, constantly using that boost to set up the next turn. They're really fun ships. Like, I that's that's the my big takeaway from kind of the testing recently is that the T seventy is actually fun. You know, it's it doesn't it's definitely not a pure jouster. It it has to do a little bit more than that. Uh, but has enough hp that you can sort of get yourself in trouble and it's fine
0: yeah no absolutely And, and like just going back to like what i was saying like i think this faction was kind of like one of those things where um in first edition it really kind of relied on a lot of cards that were on now in the rebel faction where now this kind of like opens up so much more of like what it was missing from before like it lost all those cards now and not to get them back but like it got the help that it needed so like it flying t70s absolutely is going to be a lot more fun i think like it's going to open up so many more possibilities of what this faction does just through this uh one as much as i you know say that i don't like this resistance pod ship and you know transport like i still think it's super good for the faction and it's going to help it a lot they needed something and
1: uh, it, it, it's it's going to be a question of what FFG allows us to take in terms of like ship mix right so I, my, my gut tells me that you're not going to be able to take like Poe and Han and uh, the full transport that you want right um, my gut tells me that if you're going to do something like that you probably need to take a, a pod you know which isn't the end of the world there's, there's some good versions of that that are basically attack shuttles so, you know, the, the, the th- I would not be shocked for the points to be released, though, and for everyone to be kind of like, you know, somewhat surprised by how high the costs are on some of these cards, just because they, they're going to change gameplay. And if I look at similar cards like Ezra Gunner and uh, Grand Inquisitor Crew, these things that, like, actually, if you just put them in your list, they fundamentally change how the ships play. FFG has costed those pretty high in the past. And I, this this shuttle pack has a lot of that stuff.
0: Definitely. I, I agree with you completely. <laughs> Basically, all I got to say on that. Um, all right. So do we want to start to close out then? Do you want to talk about any of the other ships that you've been flying? Or do uh, you think we should just...
1: I know. I think we can close out. The only other thing I'll mention is that I put Rick Ali on the table. And yeah. that that ship is just a cruise missile. And it's super funny. <laughs> like, you just you do kind of one and one banks, one hard turns. You line up the five straight. And then you, you, you know... It's, it's it's pretty funny. It's enjoyable.
0: Rick Ollie and Padme, they're gonna be my heroes. You should definitely check them out. Padme, yeah. Padme is gonna be abusive. And that
1: M one is super weird with only having the three talent without having a K turn. It's like you gotta set those approaches up right.
0: Does that thing have? It's got a full three green dial, right?
1: Yeah, so it's got um, it's got three banks. It's kind of like okay, the, the, the turns are white. Yeah, the three turns are white. But, okay. Um you don't get you don't get any kind of like four or five K turns, so you really have to be conscious of what you're gonna do with that.
0: Sure. All right, uh so I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Just a couple and events. The seventh dimension is having an extended tournament on June twenty-second. Um we'll have more details for that in a bit. And showcase comics, they push back their tournament on the 6th july 6th they changing it to the july 13th so if the street date is july 11th for uh, like the local game stores that you can play it uh on that weekend so you don't have to miss out you have the tournament right before that everything comes out so that has changed to july 13th um patreon if you are a fan of the show check us out on patreon our link is in the description uh we I will be sending out the rest of those thank you notes this week to everyone that has subscribed to us other than that I think that does it for this week's episode any uh, shout outs or uh final comments for you guys not I think good yeah I don't have anything this week no
2: I don't have anything to say
0: <laughs> all right uh, yeah <laughs> relatively slow news week so but uh we'll be back next week we have got some uh, future topic discussions talking about like I know a lot of people are panicking over what they think uh, this stuff is going to be good sometimes it's not what's good on paper isn't always good on the field so we're going to be talking a little bit into that uh talking about <laughs> this topic is uh, going to be good How to play cowardly or how to play against the cowardly. That's coming up in a future episode and we'll talk about low initiatives list versus high initiative Dodgers in a future episode. So stay tuned for them. They are right around the corner. We just want to do a little bit of prep. We're not just going to go into these things blind. So other than that, that will close us out for tonight. and I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.